Well, we have been running um, a feature which you may not have recognized, but you would have, uh, I think, if you listen to the show regularly, uh, you, you would have gotten a sense that we have had uh, quite, you know, focused attention on what's happening with the rail industry in the country. Now, economists and transport experts have warned that cable theft and vandalism of Metro Rail's commuter rail network is economic sabotage. And we heard from Prasa spokesperson Marcosinium Gitya as well, who characterized it as such economic sabotage. Now, stations are bricked up. They are hacked off. Uh, cables uh, dangle over the lines. The tracks are just open. Uh, and uh, people in uh, some uh, provinces have actually resorted to actually building there. And just seven of Metro Rail's 34 commuter lines are currently operating countrywide and with only reduced services. And as the Passenger Rail Agency of South Africa grapples with the results of large-scale looting by cable thieves, we take a look at some of the criminal activity behind this destruction and what the modus operandi of the criminals might be in this instance. And uh, we are doing that now with anti-crime campaigner Yusuf Abramji, who joins us on the line. Yusuf, good afternoon. Thanks for speaking to us. Good afternoon, Sakina. Thank you. Yusuf, firstly... um, can you just help us firstly put a face to these criminals? Uh, who are they as far as you've been able to uncover? Well, there's no doubt uh, from what you've even described uh, in the introduction, Sakina, we are dealing here with organized crime syndicates. When I talk of organized crime syndicates, we are talking of large uh, gangs uh, that are specifically targeting the railway infrastructure, our stations, uh, and trying to make off uh, with whatever they can. Um, so uh, what we are also seeing is uh, some, uh, in my view, so-called copycat uh, gangs that are looking at uh, opportunistic uh, uh, cashing in uh, from the crimes they are committing. Uh, but the worrying part is that we are looking here at damages running into hundreds of millions of rands. In fact, the last time I checked, uh, losses so far was around 190 million rands. So that is a major loss, but more so. Uh, I think the term economic sabotage uh, is something that we can discuss because most certainly we are looking here at uh, someone or somebody or groupings of people that are not only cashing in, and the speculation has been that they're trying to uh, cause um, sabotage uh, to, the structure, to the infrastructure for whatever purposes that maybe we can even discuss and debate. So let's talk about that, Yusuf, in terms of who these people are, because they are stripping these uh, railway stations of uh, the infrastructure. They then take it, somebody needs to buy it because they're not going to take it home to play with it. Sakina, when there's a market for anything that is stolen or hijacked, you will always get a criminal trying to cash in. Whether it's hijacked cars, uh, whether it is copper cable, whether it is the, even the paving, the paving that we are now seeing is being taken out at some of the stations and, and being sold. So when there is a market for it, these criminals will continue to cash in for the few rand that they even get for it. Now, we know that the copper cable test market is massive. We know that the scrap dealers are buying these copper cables uh, on the black market, the illegal stuff, and they uh, buy it at a relatively low amount, um, and, and that is where these criminals are they, 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 uh, going to these stations and stripping the cable, copper cable, but more worrying also, they're stripping the steel. Anything that can go from the zinc uh, sheeting to the metal um, slabs to the paving, you name it, uh, whatever they can get their hands on, they will go and sell and they will get uh, cash up. But who are they selling to, Yusuf? Who's buying? Scrap scrap dealers, uh, the, the normal scrap dealer market is massive. 
we know that police have had a lot of raids on these uh, so-called scrap dealers, uh, the people that are dealing in copper cable. They simply go there, they pay them a few rand, and they sell it to them. Uh, and that is why a lot of focus needs to go on, on these scrap dealers that are buying these items because uh, they are making the real money where the runners, the so-called runners, are simply getting it from the stations and other buildings and taking it to these people, Sakina. Yusuf, one of the things that Makosinium Gitwa, uh, Prasa spokesperson, also told us was that, was that ultimately uh, these things are then uh, processed, you know, it's melted down, it finds its way to a coastal uh, port, which we've established is Mozambique, and then ultimately makes its way to India. So who is buying at the other end? Hmm. Yeah. There is evidence emerging that a lot of the, the items are leaving South Africa for the export market. Most certainly, there's a market for it, for it in the Far East also. And in addition to that, the major market is in neighboring areas, and neighboring countries rather. Now, we know, for example, the cell phone batteries that are being stolen at the cell phone towers. The majority of those batteries are being smuggled into Zimbabwe. That we know for a matter of fact and based on the number of arrests and the uh, confessions that some of these criminals have made. So, yes, neighboring countries is a massive market. Uh, Mozambique has become also a haven for a lot of the copper cables and some of the other metal items that are being stolen. But the bulk of it, uh, from what, we've, uh, what we are hearing and the intelligence on the ground, the bulk of it is being sold to the local dealers. Sakina. So what is government doing about this? Because if it is so clear... And it seems that, you know, several people have been able to establish a chain of events in terms of what happens. What is government doing? Uh, what is law enforcement doing? I'm sorry to say very little. Uh, if government and law enforcement were acting, we wouldn't have the problem that we have. Most of the railway infrastructure in South Africa has come to a standstill. You mentioned earlier shacks have been built uh, adjacent to some of these railway lines. We know, for example, the Chappie Station, Cleveland Station in Johannesburg are just like two of the many stations that have been vandalized, there's almost very little left. Uh, and for, for, for government to now go and try to get the metro infrastructure back, it's going to take many, many months, uh, if not years. But more so, it's going to cost us, the taxpayer, lots of money. There's very little security at these stations. We know that police do not even act on information. When somebody is stripping a station or there's a tip-off that uh, the uh, cables are being stolen, uh, and we know that security at these stations is, 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 is at a minimal. The problem started and escalated when the lockdown began. We know our trains came to a standstill, and that is where these criminals struck. We know criminals are opportunistic. They will try their luck you know, wherever they can. Uh, we know there's a tender that's gone out uh, from Prasa for security guards. Uh, and I think the longer it's going to take to uh, get the security in place, the more the criminals will make the money. And that is our big concern. Uh, we are dealing here with most certainly... Uh, economic sabotage with organized crime syndicates, and it seems to be a lack of the political will uh, by Prasa and others to try to curb this particular problem. So if there's lack of um, economic and um, a political will to curb uh, this uh, particular destruction that's taking place in our rail infrastructure, Yusuf, and elsewhere, uh, what can we do as ordinary South Africans to try and root out these criminal activities? Because ultimately, we pay for it. First of all, we, we know people buying all the stolen or the hijacked goods uh, do the right thing. And as much as sometimes police do not act, many times they do act as well. Someone, somewhere, somehow knows something about crime. If you know, for example, that a certain syndicate is involved, you know somebody in your uh, workplace that may be involved, somebody in your family, somebody in your neighborhood, 
pick up the phone and call Crime Stop on 08600-10111. I would also call on Prasai government to launch a special and urgent initiative to create awareness around this problem. We cannot sweep it under the carpet, and we must encourage communities, Sakina, to blow the whistle on these syndicates who are really causing mayhem out there. And we know that um, you know, crime very often goes in waves, so you find CIT robberies are... Uh, top on the list, and you find courier vehicle robberies. And now the last few months we are finding that these stations are being vandalized. That seems to be the new trend among the criminals. But blow the whistle, if I can put it very simply. So uh, just a final one. Uh, Makosini Mgitya, when speaking to him, um, speaking of people who have been arrested, uh, gave a sense that it was in the main foreign nationals who had been arrested. Did you find that same trend as well? Foreign nationals are involved in a lot of crime in South Africa, but I don't think we should uh, be xenophobic about it. We need to confront the brutal facts. Yes, foreign nationals do contribute to some extent to the large crime rate, but at the same time, let's not forget that a lot of locals are involved. Those people that are buying the stolen goods are locals, uh, and, and they need to be brought to book. So color knows no crime, no boundaries, no borders. A crime is a crime, and we need to get to these people, whether they're foreigners or whether they're locals. Indeed. Thank you so much, uh, Yusuf Abramji. And uh, Yusuf Abramji is, of course, an anti-crime campaigner uh, talking to us about what's been happening and how the rail uh, infrastructure in this country has been systematically stripped down. Some of these stations are unrecognizable because there's nothing left. Anything that could be removed has been removed bar from uh, the, the, the bricks that keep up walls. Everything else is gone. So it is absolutely heart-wrenching, but also very concerning because it has to be rebuilt. Uh, It it is something that needs to happen. And maybe we should also apply our minds in terms of what should happen going forward. Uh, Do you think we should go back and rebuild these stations the way they were? Or does this perhaps in some perverse kind of way offer and, and, and afford us an opportunity as a nation to maybe come up with newer, better, more efficient uh, rail transport systems that would service a broader segment of society. Would it be amiss for us to think, why can't we have a how train type of service for the rest of South Africa? Shouldn't we be thinking along those lines? I'm just thinking out loud. Would love to hear your views.